You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. This is episode number 79, the third in our series where we're talking about John Favreau movies. We are going to talk about the 2005 hit, I say that jokingly, Zathura. And Mike reminded me that it's actually Zathura, a space adventure, but I always just call it Zathura. I think most people call it Zathura. So as I said, John Favreau directed this. It stars Josh Hutcherson as Walter, his little brother, Jonah Bobo, not in real life, but the character, um, uh, is Danny in the film. Dax Shepard plays the astronaut. And we'll speak later on why he is not given an actual name. Tim Robbins plays the dad. Kristen Stewart plays their sister, Lisa. Frank Oz, you'll recognize that name, voices Robert. I forgot who Robert is. The robot. Oh, yeah. Thanks, autocorrect. Um, Frank Oz is the robot. John Alexander I also have his robot. Is there another robot? Yeah, I think oh. John Alexander uh, like walked where, walked around one in of the, the Zorgons. No, he was inside the, the suit. The robot suit. And then I think Frank Oz did the voice. Oh my goodness! Sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Quite. And then Derek Mears is the lead Zorgon, and I have so much information about the Zorgons later. Peter Billingsley, some of you may recognize that name. He played the little boy in the Christmas story that was going to shoot his eye out. He and John are good friends, and he was one of the co-producers in this film. The, some of the locations, uh, the home was a home in South Pasadena, although I did also see where it was labeled as Glendale. Are those two towns close to one another? Not in the slightest. So I don't know which was right. But the interior of this film and the bulk of this film was done on a soundstage on the Sony Pictures lot in Culver City. Hmm. Is Culver City close to Pasadena or Glendale? Oh, gosh. I don't... I actually don't know. It might be closer to South Pass than than Glendale. My geography in that part of L.A. County is a little shy. Been to South Pass many a time, but not Culver City. All righty. To my knowledge. Chris Van Allsburg is author who wrote the book that this film was inspired by, but David Kopech did, and John Camps did the screenplay for this film. Kopech. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a Columbia Pictures movie. The synopsis of this movie is two young brothers are drawn into an intergalactic adventure when their house is hurled through the depths of space by the by the magical board game they are playing. And that is courtesy of IMDb. Thank you very much. Where I get a lot of my info for these films. The tagline for this film, which, oh my goodness, a new adventure from the world of Jumanji. That sounds more like marketing than a tagline. Right, and if I recall correctly, it was originally intended to be a sequel to Jumanji, but somebody like, I don't know, Favreau maybe, didn't like Jumanji that much, so they kind of made it a separate deal. Oh, interesting. Jumanji came out in 95, and then the book of Polar Express, who was also a Chris Van Allsburg book, was 2004, and so then they were following it up with 2005, but I don't think the Polar Express movie had come out yet. Mm. Mike, will you kick us off 
with the pickup line for the movie Zathura. That's it. <laughs> That's actually the pickup line. Yes, yes. I know. They're playing catch in the front yard. The the small amount of time that we see Tim Robbins' character as dad is at the very beginning and he's playing um catch with catch a baseball with his kids. Yeah. And then we immediately see the boys kind of get into a little bit of a struggle. We learn that the parents are divorced and so the stress of the divorce is taking its toll and these brothers are are pretty mean to one another and fighting quite a bit. There's the line, I like mom's house better. And dad says, so did she. So now it's hers. Right. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that line. I mean, it's sad, but. Right. It's a good line. It tells you what you need to know. And so it was interesting because there's also another mention that Tim Robbins bought. The kids don't really like the house. It's creepy and it creaks. It has a dumb waiter. So it's kind of that harkens back to it. It's an older house, but it's this beautiful craftsman house. And the dad's going to fix it up and he's making an attempt to make it a home. One of the things that's readily apparent is the interiors were shot somewhere else because they're the inside of that house is huge. Yes, yes. No, the house is huge, but and a lot happens in the house. So I think they needed it to feel big. And when we talk about sets later, uh, I went down a big old rabbit hole. There's actually three fantastic behind-the-scenes featurettes that I'm sure are from the DVD or were made for the DVD that are on YouTube that I'll link to in the show notes. And they talk about how they created this giant gimbal, which is kind of like a metal frame that is on a motorized pivot so that they can tip the house in any direction, 45 degrees. They can shake it so it mimics like an earthquake or in this case, like a meteor blast. And and it's just amazing. John Favreau really felt strongly in using practical effects. He said when working with kids, it's a big ask to have them react to a, like a tennis ball or pretend there's a Zorgon monster walking towards you. And so they used miniatures. He's also a, a huge fan and a kid of the 80s. And so all of those space movies that used miniature technology. So he kind of appreciates the way films were made of old but improves them so you don't see the wires or the cables or the rods that sometimes puppets and different effects use. Hmm. When you said that the ships from the Zorgons remind me of the Flash Gordon ships. Yes, yes. Um, and I always noticed as a kid, I wasn't that smart, but I did notice that when they were flying, the, the flames out the back of them yes. fell down like there was gravity in space. Yes. I thought and that was a... It's so good that you mentioned that because this first, let me mention the, the ship. The set designer wanted it to be such a contrast from that wooden craftsman style home. And so it's very metal and gears and mechanic. And hmm. it's such a opposite of what the home is. And then the flames, when they're working indoors, it's, you know, it's, it's an extra danger that you're pushing, especially for a rocket. You want that, that flame to be like a blast. And they worked with different propane tanks and, 
and different mechanisms to create a rocket blast that would hmm. look realistic. Hmm. And then while we're on this topic, I'll just go into it. The scene where the astronaut lights their dad's nap couch on fire and then they throw it out and it it rotates end over end through mm-hmm. space. They built an apparatus that was almost like a barbecue spit and they put they had five couches and they put the couch on one on this spit and really lit it on fire because they said, you know, yeah, you can do CG fire, but in 2005 it probably wasn't as advanced and so it looked more realistic to actually have a practical couch spinning and then they would just put space behind it so did they have a hero couch um they probably did it was one of the five right Uh, i wonder if john took that one home right so um let's see the kids play this game and they draw these cards and horrible things happen to their ca- their house it's pretty much ruined by the end of the movie but luckily <laughs> it's just a game and so the house gets magically put back together but one of the things that happens is lisa played by kristen stewart is frozen and i wrote in my notes well that's what she looks like all the time hey yo <laughs> They entered gravity fields, and that's where having the house on the gimbal helped because then they were able to actually quite literally tilt the couch or tilt the whole house. And they had the kids on wires so that they, you know, nobody was hurt. Hmm. And that's how they were able to just create so many effects in this movie to make it look very, very realistic. Back in my day, six year olds would do their own stunts. Right, right. One of the things I loved was adding a little bit of humor. As we know, John Favreau loves improv and did allow Dax Shepard to do some improv. But the kid, he's his brother is hmm. hanging from a hole about ready to go off out into space. And he has this great idea to use this lamp. So he he takes the cord of the lamp and he's rotating it like he's going to lasso the lamp up to his brother. Well, I guess this doesn't make sense because they're in space, but the lamp falls back to the ground and he goes, don't worry, I'll get another lamp. (laughs) And that's such a kid thing, like not going like, oh, I guess the lamp thing isn't going to work. I need to think of another way to get my brother. It's like, oh, that lamp fell and broke. Let me go get another lamp. So let's not look too closely at the physics behind it because it's a magic game. So, Mm -hmm. but I will, I did make a note that while I like the message that even the youngest of children can save the day. Yes. Holy shnikes, those kids were incompetent. <laughs> I mean, this entire film is predicated on them being worthless at everything they attempt. Kind of a little rough, right? Luckily, the astronaut shows up to help them out. Right. Well, in the Zorgons, you know, I mean. Well, uh, that's a fine example. The astronaut very clearly says, blow out the pilot light. And Walter, who is a colossal weenie, doesn't do that, which causes more problems Does later Does he get on. distracted? No, he chickens out. He gives oh, up. Oh, because he didn't want to go down where the Zargons were. Yeah, but, I mean, you're given a task. Everyone's depending on you. you yeah, got to get a, your task done. The Zargons were green, slimy lizard men who had big, huge machetes like pirates. Then you go to your commanding officer and you say, hey, I wasn't able to turn the pilot light out. What else should we do? Like, I mean, don't just just cover it up. Yeah. Those kids were, wow, they needed all the help they, they could kids. get. They were kids. 
But I did like how we see early on that Danny goes into the dumbwaiter and he likes to hide in the dumbwaiter. And then later he's going to save the day because he needs to because the only person that will fit in the dumbwaiter is Danny. And so he has to go down. And that's a case of by the premise, by the bit, because while Josh Hutcherson is standing there delivering those lines, you can very clearly see he could fit, too. Yeah, he could fit. But Danny's going to save the day. He didn't like his brother. He was expendable to Walter. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's brothers. That's what I understand, being an only child. I thought every all siblings hated one another. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think you're frustrated, but I don't think most siblings would sacrifice their little brother. <laughs> like, okay, this looks dangerous. You go first. Um, I loved how... Uh, in these uh, featurettes that I watched, they wanted the Zorgons to appear human-like, but they didn't want the head to be where a human head was. So what they did is the head pretty much, the puppet part of the head, came out of the actor's chest, kind of came forward from their chest, and they would put nylon stockings of, like, blue or black that the visual effects people could kind of erase out. And so... I thought that gave it, they said, like, the clumsiness of the walking. They also did something similar with the robot and added some realism because at one point the robot comes in and knocks down the dad's desk and then the actors kind of slipped on some of the things that were on the desk that fell off. And the one of the filmmakers said, I don't know if we would have thought to have done that if we did it 100% in CG. And so it mm. added some realism by the debris causing the robot to kind of falter and stumble. Mm. I thought that was cool. That was in the office in the giant house that the dad had. And I thought when we first get introduced to the dad and he says, I have to work and the kid says it's a Saturday. I thought, is this like Mike Brady where he's going to be the architect with his office in the house? No, he was a car designer. And I'll be honest. I don't know in 2005 how common it was for, car designers to work remotely from their home. Yeah, one of the actors in one of the featurettes go, he had a cool job. He just got to draw cool cars at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And you had a lot of people who wanted that job, so you probably have to move to Detroit. But anyway. (laughs) Okay, so I've kind of been hogging the mic. Was there anything that that stood out for you in ways of cinematography, writing, editing from the writing i will mention there's very little dumbwaiter humor nowadays i wrote that down too i love the dumbwaiter and also not as much ashes of a dead relative humor so that they hit two of those classics no seltzer humor but there's some of that grandma's ashes are in urn and something happens i know (laughs) when they get hit danny goes grandma (laughs) right there is again kind of a funny line they eat meat. Oh, that's good, dude. Your meat, <laughs> right? Um, that's a great line. Uh, so I will say credit to the cinematographer. Tons and tons of catchlights throughout the film on gorgeous eyes. But when when he shot in the basement where it's dark, he lit it in a fashion where you could see what was going on, but it didn't seem lit. So really well done mm-hmm. because I don't think it was. It actually matches the light of practically of of a basement without lights. They managed to light it well enough for us to see, but still not think like it was lit. So that was good on, on the cinematography. As far as the sets go, I, I thought, you know, there's some props people, Adam and Jamie, who got to make that game. 
yeah not only the game which was really cool i remember when we watched this the first time with the kids i was like i want this game but they made the miniatures for the house they had to make different versions and then oh they shot this chronologically because the practical house that was built on the gimbal was getting destroyed so they had to film this chronologically they couldn't bounce around because you would have to replicate you know the meteor shower that happened in act one i i just yeah the the craftsman that between the zorgons and the robot and the miniatures and the spaceship i'm just many many talented people worked on this film so then I'm thinking, right, they probably made more than one copy of the game just for safety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of clever. And the other thing is, who made the mannequin Kristen Stewart? Because it really did look a lot like her now. Yeah. You know, insert joke about her acting abilities. But, I mean, I felt like it looked much better than the wax statues at the, you know, the... the... Wax museum. Yeah. Yeah, they were um, sculptors and artists. She had to come in when they painted her skin so that they could replicate every freckle, every, you know, I can't believe she has lines, but every every little thing about her face. They did a scan of her body and then a mold of her face and her legs. Okay, a mold that... That that maybe help a little, but good job to them though because yeah. it looked not creepy. It looked like a Kristen Stewart. Yeah, they didn't want her to look dead. They wanted her to look frozen, so she had to look like there was still spark of life in there. Wow, frozen. That would make a good title for a film. It would. <laughs> All right. Was there the only thing I have for sound is. I, they added, obviously, um, as the dumbwaiter is moving down, like kind of creaky old house sounds. And I thought that gave a richer experience as you were watching that scene. Mm-hmm. Any head trauma? Actually, yes, there is. At 13 minutes, Danny throws a baseball directly into Walter's head. Ooh, that would probably hurt pretty bad. Well, uh, except a six-year-old was throwing it, so it's probably not a lot of velocity. Yeah, but a baseball's hard. Yeah, they are kind of harder yeah. Okay. Um, I don't believe we get a smooch in this film. This- smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. This does not really no. have a love story component. Oh, well, <laughs> there's a crush. Yeah, there's kind of a, a little bit of a Star Wars Luke and Leia moment yeah. where uh, that's creepy. And then that's why I love that... Danny, like at the end of the movie, says like, oh, his eyes are dreamy or makes some, <laughs> yeah. some comment. Ew, gross. Yeah, to remind her that, yeah. Right. How about a driving review? Now, we, I don't believe a car is driven. Does a spaceship count? A car is not driven. However. Yes. Coincidentally. Tell me. The car uh, on the curb when they're playing catch that presumably dad takes to the office is also a 1964 Mercury comic convertible, just like in Swingers. Swingers. I don't think wow. it's the same car because it's bronze and not not red. Oh, but... I was going to say, did John have it and bring it? Yeah, but it could be. It could have been the same car. That's I maybe misremembered the color or it got resprayed, but I thought that was interesting. 64 comic convertible in both films. Love it. He I must like it. that kind of car. He might. I think, I feel like he does. Should we go to the numbers? Let's go to the numbers. All right, like I said, this movie came out in 2005. It had a budget of 60 
five million dollars. That's a lot. I think when you build a two-story house on a gimbal, it probably is pretty expensive. That's pretty expensive, sure. It gets a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Critics liked it way more than audiences and giving it a high C at 76%. And audiences pretty much thought this was a fail at 51%. So only about half the people liked it. It comes in at one hour, 41 minutes. So not too much longer than uh, Swingers last week. It's rated PG. So a family affair. It's an action adventure comedy. It did not make its money back. Uh-oh. Worldwide, it made 58 and a half million. So 0.9 times of what the original budget was. Domestically, it only made 28 million, which uh, adjusted for inflation today would be 40 million. So unfortunately, I'm sure that Columbia Pictures was not chomping at the bit to make Zathura 2. They can't all be winners. With this showing. But I actually watching it the second time, I were I didn't know how it would hold up because we we stumbled on it. I think we watched Jumanji first and then we were like, oh, let's try this one. And I remember liking it, but not as much as my second viewing this time. Oh, really? I I, I think I liked it at least as much the second time. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really I liked remember. It yeah, I liked it more. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't like Jumanji so much as I remember it. So I'd be curious. Oh, wow. Right. Do you remember why? No, I just don't remember it that fondly. Like Robin Williams, Bonnie animals Hunt. In, the, in the house. Bonnie Hutt oh, is wow. in that film. Yeah, I I think I like Jumanji. I guess we'll have to let us know if you want us to talk about Jumanji. Um, you can call us at 971-245-4148 or email me at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I, at dodgemediaproductions.com. I will put that email in the show notes because we would love to know. We will be working next month on what films we are going to talk about in the following year, 2023. And if you want us to consider either a theme or a film, we would love to hear about it. I think that'll do it for Zathura. Please join us next week when we are talking, we are wrapping up the John Favreau month with one of our favorite um, films, Chef, which very much has an indie vibe to it, even though I'm sure it has a, large budget. Mike's falling asleep, so never forget. Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to dodgemediaproductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop and neither do the movies.